Thank you for listening to the Around the Net Post Tennis Podcast. Please tune in for new episodes every Wednesday and every Sunday. Welcome back, Around the Net Posters, to episode number 13 of Around the Net Post. Thank you for joining us. Um, a special episode, big episode coming up. Um, it is myself and Jacob, and we are joined by special guest Coy Simon today, who's going to be sharing with us uh, knowledge and insights about tennis at the Division One college level. Um, before we get into introducing Coy, Jacob, how, how have you been? How, how's your weekend been? Uh, I've been pretty good, you know, just traveling for some matches. We had a couple road trips, one up in Virginia, one in, you know, the far eastern area of North Carolina. Um, neither of them turned out too well, but they were, you know, good matches to get in early in the year here. Both both close matches, but, you know, didn't go our way. That's unlucky. Get back on the back on the horse sooner or later. When's the next match? Next match, we've got Augusta twice on Tuesday at home. So this will be our first home match in a few weeks. So that'll be nice to actually not have to be on the road for like three or four hours at a minimum each day, you know, for some of these matches we've had recently. No, that'd be good. That'd be good. Far less travel for me this weekend. I uh, uh, didn't do much yesterday. And then I woke up today from a marketing email from Southampton Football Club that they were having a 50% sale. So I uh, spent way too much money. On Southampton, on Southampton swag, and then I, I painted a, a, a football field, the football where you kick it with your feet, not throw it with your hand. I, we, I spray painted it, and then we ran out of paint, so I have to go back on Tuesday and finish that job. So far less exciting than um, than your weekend, and I'm sure what Coy's about to tell us is is way more exciting than that as well. So before we get into into Coy um, and his uh, his experience, let's uh, have a word for our sponsors, Thirty Thirty Tennis shortened format of scoring where each game starts at 30 all um, rather than level to provide a faster experience where each point means more pressure points that allow a a better consumer experience as well as playing experience shortening the format and making it more exciting for all so with that said uh, let's introduce Koi. Koi is a current junior at UNC Charlotte from Charleston South Carolina he was the USTA number 23 number 23 recruit in the United States coming out of high school. He spent one year at University of Tennessee and he, he is now in his third year at UNC Charlotte, where he led the line last year. Um, he's currently eight and one in singles in 2024 with only four losses since October. And Coy is one of the most unique, unique players on probably the planet with two forehands and the ability to serve both left and right handed. Thank you so much, Coy, for coming on and, and being with us. Hey, no, thank you guys for having me. It was, I was really honored that you that you asked me to ask me to be a part of it. No, absolutely, and uh, I think maybe we should uh, we should share how we how we know you, Koi. Um, I was lucky enough to play on uh, the same pro league team as as Koi um, this last, I guess, winter, um, which is a you know an event in Charlotte where you know the top guys get drafted, and and Koi was on on, on I, I would say I was on Koi's team. Uh, he carried he carried my team. To, to the final um and you were the number one pick uh, i was way down and, and jacob i don't what you were pretty pretty low down as well like me yeah i think we got taken you know a couple rounds apart from each other but you know a good you know seven or eight rounds lower than koi so um yeah so we'll get on to that a bit later koi i've got some questions and, and some observations that you know that that, that i noticed from from playing with you in that event but I wanted to start just by, you know, how how your season is going and um, obviously very good. You're eight and one in singles. 
Um, but what are your team and individual prospects for this season? Uh, yeah, so like this season, obviously, like it's going, it's going really well. I think we've improved a lot since last season. Like just not just as like players, but also just like as a team in general. Like I feel like this team has a much stronger bond than what we had last year, and like I feel like we're kind of just a little more set in our ways of what we want to do. Like I think we're a little more clear on our goals and our path to reach that goal. Which obviously for us, our goal is to like win conference as is every as is every D1 school or every tennis school or any school in the country really. Like you know we want that conference title and we want to we want our NCAA. We want to appear as the first the first time appearing in NCAA's. That's obviously a really awesome goal. Like I was, like you said, I was a part of I was a part of Tennessee, and I was lucky to be there whenever they won the SEC championship. And like I was there for like the first few rounds of NCAA. Like the atmosphere is crazy. Yeah, everything's going everything's going well. Obviously, we've had a, we've had a great start so far. Like hopefully hopefully we can keep it up so far. We've had a Great long, great long streak of tough matches. It's been, it's been going well. Yeah, um, no, that's that's interesting that you, you mentioned the, the goal setting. Is that is that something that's ingrained into you in day one when you walk into the locker room? Is that the the set goal, or is that something that you come up with as a team? Oh, no, that's that's kind of like the set goal. Even like like with recruits that we come in, like recruits that come in and take a visit, like we we let them know, like we're here, we're here to take a conference championship. Anything less this isn't the place like if like if your goal isn't to walk away with a championship then uh like if your goal isn't to win then kind of like what's the point of playing you know it's yeah just, no, absolutely yeah it's just it, it's just kind of like that so like that's kind of like like from day one it's like you're going you're going to win and like we tell people that it's also interesting that you said about the you know the stronger bond that you have and the different level that you're experiencing this year um you know obviously last year you played number one you're, you're playing a few spots lower this year is is that just good recruiting getting you know more talent in the door and how's that been for you playing at the, the different numbers uh for me like first like i'm not like too hurt like moving down a few spots you know i mean like the guys that are playing above me like they've earned it they deserve to play above me and like we've also had some good recruiting coming in like our our number two guy is coming in who's who's playing two right now like one and two he came in this semester and then our number one guy he's he came in for the fall so over it was really good recruiting by the coaches and then, and like the other people that are playing above me, like they've they put in some really good work since last season. Last year, I did play one. I don't think I did as well as I probably could have. I think where we are, like where I am in the lineup, I think is where I need to be right now. Can you speak to to how you know your lineup is is decided, and is, is there room for movement and growth? Uh, we don't take we don't t- we don't have like the whole challenge match system here. Not what that at least not what we do. I'm sure some schools still do that. We don't typically do that. It's more of like, like it's kind of something our coaches say like a lot. It's like rent is due every day. So it's like if you come in and you keep on like showing, like keep on producing good results, keep showing your stuff, keep giving 100% every day and showing that you're on the same path and same page as the, as the coach, like as, as everyone else. And like you're 100% committed, then they'll give you like, they'll give you the opportunity to move up. Like if they think you deserve it, they'll put you up there. But it's like, if, if you don't deserve it, then you won't be put up there. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's like you got to keep giving 100% every day for the team. And if you're not there to do that, then, well, they can't really trust to put you in the lineup. So it's, I mean, there, like, so I guess to answer your question, there is room for movement, but I mean, there's no like, nothing, nothing is guaranteed. Nothing in life is, no, nothing in life and definitely nothing in tennis is ever guaranteed. You got to, you, you got to work for your spot each, each and every day. 
No, that's uh, that's that's really good. I've never heard that before. Rent is due every day, so that that's a KB thing. That is that is one of that is one of KB's probably favorite quotes. I would say. Yeah, is he is he a quote machine? Does he come out a lot? Uh, sometimes it depends. It sometimes that's a, that's probably one of the more noticeable ones. Rent is due every day, and some other variations of that. But that's probably the that's probably the biggest one. Jacob, I bring you in here on that. I think that's probably a, one. Of, you know, obviously, I think one of the goals of, of, you know, this interview is to kind of identify a lot of the differences between, you know, a, a D2 school where we went and a, you know, a D1 school where, where you are at. And I'd say, Jacob, that's probably one of them right there is that I'd say that the talent got playing time ahead of work and effort where we went and match results. That seems a bit different where Koi's at. What do you think? Yeah, no, I would agree. I think looking at it in terms of the level, like D1 tennis, you know, most in almost every case is going to be at a higher level than Division Two, And in the, in the case of a, you know, competitive power five mid-major, you know, pretty much like a ranked level team like uh, Charlotte should be this year, you know, like the talent level is going to be pretty even, I would say, across most of their, their top six. And like how Koi said, he played one last year maybe a little lower this year, but like, obviously his talent doesn't go down. It's just, you know, a question of how, how well the team is playing and then the, the quality of the matches and stuff. And I would say for division two, you can't really, you know, out recruit a division one type program. So the talent level across the board is going to be lower, but you know, those few guys, you maybe you have three or four super talented guys that end up at your school. Um, those guys, you know, as you said, will typically see more playing time than even though the guys below them are working harder, like the talent gap is just larger to the point where they might not be able to compete with some of those top, top schools that they might be playing against. So I guess the elephant in the room, Koi, is that you play with the two forehands, two serves, extremely ambidextrous. I'm sure you get asked about it all the time. Because it's so unique, but but what's the backstory to to playing that way? Uh, I mean the backstory is a little. I guess it's it's not as long as a backstory of some as some people might think. Being ambidextrous, I've been playing this way kind of ever since I was like five. Like I, according to according to my dad, who is also like my who is also my coach growing up, like he taught me everything. According to him, I had a backhand until I was a about the age of five and then I guess he kind of had like a little light bulb moment and was just kind of like what if we try this and then just kind of like experimented with it and then that's kind of I guess and I've just been doing it like that ever since I mean it's just been ingrained in me since I was since I was five doing it doing it both ways so it's I've had many 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 years of repetition with it. <laughs> I, I had a coach growing up that was double-handed both sides, but I've never met anyone that plays with two forehands and then two serves and does them equally well. Have you met anyone that is that's played like the way you do? I actually have. Yeah, there was a so when I was around a little bit before my teen years, we lived. I lived in Atlanta, and there my dad and a, another one of my dad's good friends who I and another coach who's a really good coach. Love that guy. Uh, his son. Or he had he has a daughter and a son. His daughter doesn't play tennis anymore, but his daughter played tennis exactly like I did, and so does and so does his son. Like his son now is I think he's I think he's 15 or he's got to be 15 or 16 right now, but he plays exactly like I do, like you know two forehands, two serves, two everything. But I think the only thing that's that he does differently 
is that he keeps his left hand on the bottom and I keep my left hand on the top of the grip. I think that's like the only difference between between him and I. So far he's the he's the only he's the only person that I've seen who's who's doing it. I know there are obviously so many notable advantages of, of playing the way you do that, you know, the, the angles that you're able to create on the court that, you know, you just, regular players just don't see day in, day out. Um, and also, obviously, just having two forehands, being able to serve equally strong on the left and right. Why do you think more people don't play the way you do? I, you know, to be honest, that's a really good question. I've kind of like thought about that myself. And maybe it's, maybe it's just because people don't, teach them that like maybe it's like maybe it's not their first thought like since it's not like very mainstream like you're not gonna see many people with two forehands maybe they just don't think about it like maybe mm. they think it'll be kind of like a disadvantage just because no one else has tried it so kind of don't like stray away from what's what's known like have a backhand or something like that like i feel yeah. like if they're gonna say oh if they just wanted if they want an advantage just teach them lefty because people hate lefty lefty players a lot more than they don't like righty players you think it's like an out of sight, out of mind thing? You just don't, you don't think about it. It's not that that kind of attitude. I think so. Yeah, it's like if you don't see it, then you don't like kind of, then you don't like kind of like get 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 intrigued by it. But I have seen some Instagram reels of some like twelve year olds who are starting to do it a lot more. But there's one guy that's really good. I, I don't remember the name. Jacob, you probably have it. The the kid that does it, he's really good. Um, Tio Yeah, I think he's from Spain. So, so you follow on ambidextrous? Like, can you play soccer right and left? Can you write right and left? Uh, other sports. The only other sport that I've ever like truly played is golf, and I used to be ambidextrous in that. But I have a theory that because my dad's lefty, he just kind of kept teaching me lefty, so that way I would just get his hand-me-down clubs and we didn't have to buy a whole new set of clubs. So that's my theory. Other. Other sports, I've never, like, actually truly, like, tried to play. But, like, if I were just, like, you know, like, to kick the kick the ball around or something like that, I would I would kick it with both. I don't really feel like a, like a preference towards a leg. That's crazy and uh, impressive. You know, sort of going back to, you know, you know where you are now and, and coming from, from Tennessee to UNC Charlotte, what were the main selling points of UNC Charlotte for you? Uh, some of the main selling points I knew. So the head coach here, Kyle, Kyle Bailey, uh, I knew him whenever I was in high school, back when he was the coach at, back when he was the assistant coach at South Carolina, when I was in high school, he actually recruited me to go to South Carolina. So I, I knew him, I knew him fairly well. So I, I knew, I knew kind of how he operated. Cause I've been to like, I went to some South Carolina matches. I like talked to some people who went to South Carolina, like a lot. Cause you know, I'm from, I'm, I'm from Charleston. So I got mm-hmm. some, I got, I got some connections with people who go there, and uh, I just kind of also during the recruiting process from when I was in the portal, like he just just from like how he was talking about the program here at UNC Charlotte, like how passionate how passionate he is for tennis and about the team, and just like his goals for like what he wants the program to look like, not not just to develop myself on the court but off the court, like become a leader, really grow as a person and be a part of a great great team surrounded by good people. And I thought like this was I thought this was where I this is where I wanted to go. No, that that's awesome. I I've met Coach Bailey one one time at Pro League too, and he, when you speak to him about his program, he's probably one of the most passionate and bored in people to to the program. So I you know I think that I can completely see where you're coming from and 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 that attitude that you have towards towards the program. I think we spoke before about your ambitions after college. Where do those stand, and, and what do you want to do with with tennis moving forward? So 
I've had a very, so this is going to kind of, I guess, kind of be like a interesting type of conversation for me now, because before it used to be like, I want, like I, I did want to go pro at some, like I, I did want to go pro when I first started college tennis. That was like, that was my dream totally. But after this is going to actually be my last semester of college tennis, actually. And even though, even though I have another year, this is going to be my last semester because, uh, I want to do because so I kind of want to do something that pertains to my pertains to my major. Like I'm a I'm a computer science cybersecurity concentration major, and I just kind of like and got indulged in in computer science and cybersecurity. It's something that I I love doing, and it's kind of and it's it's just like my passion for what I feel like I want to do. Like when I later on in college, as I started to play more and more tennis, I started to realize that like maybe this wasn't my passion of what I really, of what I truly want to do. Like maybe cause it's been, cause I've been doing it for so long and I was doing it at such a young age that I was like, maybe this isn't my passion and my dream. And then I, once I like explored other opportunities within my major, I was like, this is, this, this is what I want to, this is what I want to do. Like cybersecurity, computer sciences is, is what I'm passionate about. So Unfortunately, after this after this semester, this will be my this is my last go run. But I wanted to be here for this last go run to really make a push with this team, to help like, like just to help reach our goals and like leave the team with like a really on a really good note and just put it in a much better place than when I left it. So yeah. no, that that's awesome. I feel like that's definitely something that a lot of you know older tennis players in college go through that that transition period when it's you know, what, what do you do after college? And it was it such a great experience when it comes to an end, you know, the questions about what you do after are pretty tough to answer for, for any player. So are you going to go back to school for another year or are you graduating? No, I'll still be in school. I'll still be in school. Yeah. I'm planning on, I'm planning on doing my master's. So I'll be, I'll be in Charlotte for the next probably three to four years, honestly. So yeah, I'll still be here doing school and I'll still, I'll still be like trying to help the team any way I can. Like I'll be the I'll be the biggest cheerer in the crowd, but unfortunately, I won't be able to be on the court anymore. What specifically about cybersecurity is, you know, use the word indulge, like what makes you so passionate about it? Just, I guess it's like kind of my outlet to kind of help people. So what I want, so like this, I don't want to get into like a whole technological techie spiel type thing, but I guess like the shortened point is that like the world is becoming so digital. There's so much new technology. There's like everyone's like there's so many new different types of ways to get like cyber like cyber attack like like there's just there's just so many options that people can do now to like attack like like to harm other people whether that be like identity theft or fraud or anything like that and this is just kind of feels like my way to kind of like help people and like kind of give and i kind of give something back that's just kind of like the in in the short sweet version that's kind of why i'm passionate about cybersecurity. It's just like it's like my it's just like my outlet of being like the like the unseen like the unseen helper like someone who just helps in the shadows. And speaking with you, you know, just for the last twenty minutes, I, I'm picking on a lot up on a lot of stuff that you know I, I noticed when you know when we played together over the summer that you know you were the best guy on our team by you know significant margin, but you always you know committed to show up to practice with you know let's largely put it you know older dudes that you know weren't as good as you and. There were times when you, you know, you got off a flight, you know, rugged, you had about three stops and you rolled up to play a match and you speak with such, you know, humility and, and, and passion for what, 
you do now and what you will do in the future. Is that has that is that always been a part of you know your your mantra, your philosophy, the humility? I would I would say I mean I guess I guess I would say so. Yeah, I mean I've never really thought of it that way. It's just kind of like I don't like I've never been a big fan of like I feel like there's a very big difference between like being being confident and being and being and being cocky. I feel like there's a very very fine line between that in my opinion. And like no one is like I don't want, like I I try to go about like not treating anybody like I'm better than them cuz I'm I'm not. Like there's there's nothing about somebody that makes me better than better than that person. So it's like why would I go around trying to like bring everybody bring everybody down to a different level? Like that's not kind of like how you want to go about your days and it's not fun for you, it's not fun for everybody else. So it's just kind of like while you're there, it's like treat every it's like you know just treat everybody with the same respect that you would want them to treat you with. So it's like go there, treat them treat them like you're treat treat them like they're your brother, have fun with them, make some jokes. I mean like there's there's no reason to treat anybody any differently than you would want yourself to be treated. Do you think that helps as a tennis player to respect you know everyone? Do you think that helps you know get better results having that respect for everyone? Uh, I'm sure that question varies on who you ask. I'm sure there's definitely going to be some other people that are like, no, you got to always have the mindset of like, you're better than everyone. And like, if you can't go in there with a certain mindset of thinking like, oh, you have to beat this guy because you're better. Like, no, I don't think that mindset works. It's like anybody can lose to anybody on any day. Like nobody, nobody, nobody in the world is unbeatable, no matter how good they're playing at that moment. It's like, it's like, you're also not unbeatable. Like I've, I might have two forehands, but I'm probably one of the more beatable dudes in tennis, I would say. Like, there's there's no reason to think about myself otherwise. I mean, so, like, I think having respect for everybody that you play against is something that's something that's super important. Because, I mean, like, you're not, like, anything can happen on any given day. So, you guys you just got to always be ready for something like that. Let's talk pro league. I, I kind of always wondered, you know, you were, you know, playing number one for UNC Charlotte over the summer break, you know, playing in, you know, what, what was largely a beer league with, with guys like Jacob and myself, and also with the young, kind of some of the youngest in that league. What was the benefits of of, of playing that league for you? And and you know, the, there were a couple other, you know, top guys in the league. What talk me through how a top player gets something out of out of that experience? Yeah. So in my mind, I was. I mean, honestly, I was treating it like any dual match I would have during college because, I mean, that's kind of exactly how it was. Like you had, I mean, obviously in pro league it's a little different with four matches, but I mean, still, it's, it's exactly like how a dual match is. It's, it's you and your boys lined up, against, uh, lined up against another team, kind of exactly how it is in the fall. And it's like, even though you're still, even though this might be, you know, I guess pro league and, you know, with, I guess, like kind of, I don't want to describe like how you kind of said it, like, older older guys like there's still going to be a lot of people who can play like there's still going to be really good players and it's like try to and it's like i i went about it trying to think of it like how can i use this to get better to get prepared for the spring season because like there's going to be moments exactly like this where i'm going to be the last doubles match on or i might like i'm gonna be the last doubles match on in a breaker with all of like like a bunch of people cheering and trying to get rowdy so it was, I was just trying to think about, like, how can I correlate this to how, like, I guess the circumstances are going to be the same when the spring season starts. So, I mean, no matter who you're playing, it's still a, there, there's still pressure. There's still, there's still some things you got to work through in a match. Like, you still might not be playing well and got to 
do some problem solving. So it's just how can so just like how can you how could I refine that? You know, guys come out and they take a swing and there was a you know I guess a target on your back after you got that a bit of a reputation in that league. You know, I get I'm just trying to interested in what pro league means to you know all of us and um, the differences and how we both get such a good good experience out of it. What what did, what was it like for you, Jacob? I I used it as kind of a way to get the the competitive itch out of my system after you know you know I've coaching on the the sideline for a whole year I mean really the last three or four years as an assistant coach I don't get many chances to actually compete in something that counts so I would say it was, it was really fun to you know just go out there and actually play something that was competitive and counted towards something where even if the guys you know that were playing maybe lower in the lineups weren't the best players in the world they, they were all still fully invested in what was happening. So I, I just enjoyed, you know, actually getting to be part of what felt like, you know, a college dual match, as Koi said again, because there's not a lot of situations after, you know, you play in college where you can be in a in an environment like that. I think I owe you some money, Koi, to be honest, because I think we made a bet that for every match that you won and I lost, I think I was giving you a portion of the winning fees. I don't know. I, I don't I don't really remember that, but a broke college kid will never turn down the chance for money. Yeah, we'd have to I'd have to remember what the bet was. We've made it all the way to final, and um, I remember that. We, he'll go unnamed, but it was at match point, and uh, there was a close call, and, you, and your partner uh, went to call it out, and you corrected him and uh, did the noble thing because it was on the line. Yeah, I was I – was, I still kind of – like, I still me – uh, me and my partner still kind of joke about – like, kind of joke about that still still to this day. It's just kind of – not well, not like kind of joke about it, but still like kind of reminisce about it. It was – I'm not gonna lie. It was it was unfortunate. Like he, I mean, I thought I had a good return. The my opponent hit a really good reflex volley, and then once I saw that it landed, like I would say, like three, like a quarter of it was on the line, maybe half. And I was like, I just, I was like, I, I was like, I can't, I can't win this way. This is, this is not how, it, like, this is not how it's supposed to be done. If I'm gonna win this, I'm gonna win this. Like how, like, like how it should be. Just. I think it was one of those where he called it early, like where he thought it was going out, then it dropped in, and it it, it was on a you know a clay court, so it, it came skidding off the off the back of the line like a penguin on an ice rink, so he couldn't really get away with it. All those people, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't think he meant it either. No, yeah, it certainly it, it it definitely was not on purpose. Like it definitely, in my opinion, it, I thought it was going out too. Like I genuinely thought it was going out, and then it just like kind of I don't know what gust of wind just pushed it down, but. <laughs> Yeah, last question before I, uh, before I open the floor for, for Jacob to ask his questions. I'm sure he has some. What, like, what was the difference between, you know, it was kind of late at night, that match. Like, it was a bunch of drunk men, you know, watching watching some good tennis. Like, what's the difference between that and the, the college atmospheres that you've been used to this semester? To be honest, there's not much difference. <laughs> there's still people, like, screaming, screaming everywhere. Like, obviously, they're not intoxicated because they're players on the court, which is very much illegal. But I mean, it's still kind of like the same. Like everyone's getting rowdy for their team. Like everyone's getting excited. So like the atmosphere is still kind of like it's still very similar with different people. Like like the atmosphere is still the same. Like even in college matches, there's still going to be a bunch of people. Like the like the other teams definitely going to be heckling you, trying to scream at you to get like to get in your head. Even in between points, like there's going to be a bunch. Like you can feel the eyes all staring at you from the team, like from the other team, from the fans in the in the crowd. So it's like. The atmosphere really isn't that different, so which is why, like, which is kind of why I think pro league is also really good for college, like for college tennis. If you want to just kind of get used to the atmosphere. 
I agree. It's a it's a fun atmosphere. And to clarify that people get drunk after they finish the match, not while they play the match for, for the listeners. Jacob, what questions do you have for Koi? You had mentioned before you played at Tennessee, now you're at UNC Charlotte. What are there many differences, if any, between, you know, playing at uh, you know, perennial top five division one school versus playing at UNC Charlotte? Honestly, like a lot of practices they don't really change from a like school to school. Like you're gonna kind of like you're always like every like every school is gonna run like the same drills. Every school is gonna ball count drills. Everyone's everyone's gonna play sets. Like there's nothing really special within like the drills and like I guess everything like that from school to school. But I mean from when like from the time I was there at Tennessee, I was there the year after COVID. Everybody that was there from the year before stayed because they all got their COVID year, even if they were supposed to graduate. And their season, like, and their season got stopped halfway through, as as like I guess as like a bunch of people went in college tennis would know. And they were, and they had like, and the year before, like the COVID year when it happened, they were having a good run in in SEC and in the regular season. So, I guess. What was kind of the practice like was there was everyone was just like hungry and really wanted like everyone was driven towards like the goal of the SEC championship and winning NCAAs because it's like they kind of felt like they had that opportunity taken from them in 2020 whenever COVID happened. Everyone there was just like so driven and motivated and just they all just like kind of walked around with like a chip on their like a chip on their shoulder and like every day at practice you could just like feel the energy. And like, I'm not saying that's not like this case, like the case here, like everyone here is like everyone here at Charlotte is trying to is trying to do the same thing. But I feel like a main difference that Tennessee had and like we talk about this, too, here at, at Charlotte is like. We probably have more days where I guess you could consider them bad days in practice where it's like one guy might be like a little sluggish and slow and not like, you know, feeling it. And then that kind of like trickles onto other courts. And then we don't, we as players don't like, you know, get on there, like get, get, get on them to make them like, I guess, kind of like to make them up their level. Cause it's like, we should know that that level isn't going to be acceptable when we play. So we can't have that in practice. And if we do that in practice then it's just going to leak into matches. And like, we talk about this here at Charlotte, like we know that those happen a little more often than it should. And I would say the difference and I would say that would be the main difference between what I noticed at Tennessee when I was there and here. It's like everyone's talented. Everyone can play tennis. It's just we just got to get some. We just got to get a little more disciplined with with each day. Gosh, that's that's pretty interesting to hear. As you know, just little small details that go into you know the small differences that you see between some of the the best guys in the country and guys that are you know right there with them, but just you know. Couple points here or there make all the difference in a in a big situation. Everybody can hit the ball over the net. Everybody can play tennis at this level. The main difference is just is just like how strong your mind is, how how mentally tough you are, and how willing you are to go through to go through the tough moments. Fun fact: um, I know you probably don't remember, but we actually had a, a match where we played against each other in juniors when I think you were probably only like 13 or 14 and I was 17 or 18, you took me down straight sets pretty easily, both in singles and in doubles in the same tournament. Yeah. That was the first time I had seen you play and you were one of the best players in the state already, even when you were 13 or 14, I still remember uh, 
the two forehands and the two serves and just having no idea how to play against you at that time. So interesting to see uh, how your game has, you know, continued to evolve over the, the last, you know, seven or eight years since then and how you've gone on to be a, I would say, highly decorated player as well. Man, that's actually cra- I We played each other? That's actually kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you were pretty young at the time. I, I remember because I was like 17 or 18. Um, but no, you went through the tournament pretty easily and I think beat everybody in straight sets. I, I love how you, Jacob is bragging about losing to someone four, four years younger than him. I love that, Jacob. I, I had to bring it up. I, I, it hurts a little bit to say that because, you know, I feel like I shouldn't have lost to somebody four years my junior. But I mean, he was a much better player than I was even then. So I, I had to bring it up. Yeah, I, I got one more, one more question for you, Coy. Um, about your juniors too, like I noticed that you're a, a two-time high school state champion, but with two different schools. Yeah. How's that? How does? How did that work? So I was actually homeschooled all throughout high school. Subtract well, like minus one year where I like tried to do regular high school, but I had like honestly like probably over 50 absences throughout the school year just because I was going to play tennis tournaments, but. Every other year in high school, I was I was homeschooled. So the first championship I won, I think it was with, I think it was Hanahan, if I remember correctly. But Jacob, you 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 were homeschooled too in, in high school. Like, how does that work? Like, if, how do you just play on a team? Like, surely you have to be associated with a a school. Um, at least for my district, we just, I mean, we played. I was homeschooled, but I played on the team where I like I lived in that county or district for that school so i just you know drove the 10 minutes to the matches locally but like if i lived in a different area of the state i would have played for a different high school i don't that's I the same for you Cole? yeah that that's exactly how ours how, how mine worked like i just have like at the time that high school was like the main high school for my my county or district and then a new one like a new high school was built like a mile from my house so i was kind of i guess sanctioned for that for that high school for the next for the next year okay so you just you just show you know that all the other kids they just you know go to practice and then you know you show up carry them to a state title uh, i don't want to put it i don't i don't really want to put it that way but i guess that's one way to look at it so it's like a weird, weird question but obviously I'm, I'm from england and that's like something that like it's just not we just do it differently there so it's just like a, a weird concept to me that i i really appreciate coming on and and giving up your time to to be with us on around the net post yeah best of luck with the rest of the season man no, yeah, thank you guys for having me on. It's been great. Hopefully I answered some questions pretty well. Thank you so much. I was having fun. I've been George Buffett. And I'm Jacob Andres. And remember, always go around the net post.